A few weeks ago, my friend invited me to attend a meetup for people who work in radio and podcasting. It's a pretty regular get-together that serves as an opportunity to workshop pieces in progress and network with people who produce a variety of audio content. My friend was actually hosting it at his apartment for the first time, so that was a good in for me. I probably wouldn't seek out something like this on my own, out of fear that I would feel exactly as I did end up feeling for the entire night. Inadequate, out of place, an imposter. We went around the circle and introduced ourselves in what we do with audio, and by vicious luck of the draw, I was nearly the last to go. So after listening to a bunch of people announce their very professional jobs working with known shows and outlets and casually asserting that they do, in fact, get paid to do the work that I love most, I felt I had no choice but to introduce myself as a hobbyist. As these people spoke and shared their work and offered impeccable insight to each other, I was filled with that distinct, sick, sinking feeling you get in a room of people who are clearly, obviously more impressive than you, who are demonstrably more articulate in the way they verbally process and deliver information, the way they connect the dots between what they're hearing and work they've heard before. Some people seem like they have overpowered computers for brains compared to the dinosaur of a machine in my head that chugs along and overheats and can only pull up one page in the time it takes for someone else to navigate an entire database. It's one of the reasons I gravitate towards writing. My brain does not work nearly as well off the cuff. I get lost on winding paths and over-explain or not say enough, and then, most frustratingly, my train of thought will just shut down and go blank. I'm usually pretty thrilled to be in a room of new people. It's something I've learned about myself in the last few years after living my entire life under the banner of introvert just because I was a quiet, nervous child. These days, meeting new people often makes me come alive in a way I think would make my timid, near-silent eight-year-old self stare in awe at how I've blossomed. But that night, I felt just like that child, shameful and tongue-tied, choking on the burn-off from the intelligent people around me, absolutely certain that if you listed everyone in that room by their worthiness to be there, to even be alive on this earth, I'd easily be dead last. Now, I admit, I realized the next day that there was an entirely unrelated physiological reason my mental state was so severely off, so the way I perceived everyone around me was already on a massive, unfair slant. Even in the moment, I was shrewdly aware of the fact that no one in that room was actually demeaning to me. No one was saying or doing anything that made me feel that inadequate. I was doing it to myself inside my own brain, but at the time, it felt deserved. That's a pattern I fall into a lot. Feeling like pure shit, trying to identify if anyone has made me feel that way, realizing that the call is coming from inside the house and justifying it by saying, well, I know I'm a piece of shit and no one else is acknowledging it. Out of commitment to authenticity, I need to staunchly stand by that fact until it's more widely understood as universal truth. Usually talking to people makes me feel better. If I can present myself as I am and observe that no one is actively sneering at me or judging me, it's a well-needed reminder that evidence outside my own brain is highly more credible. But I felt distinctly deferential to these people who had absolutely earned their place in that room by being an audio professional. The few people that I did talk to, I felt like I could see that lost, pitying look in their eyes as I spoke. It was hard to explain what I'd do with podcasting alongside the running monologue in my head, sound jamming my thoughts and making it nearly impossible for the words to come out of my mouth right. They're bored. Nothing you're saying is making sense. You're talking too long. They wish they could be talking to anyone else in this They're room. They're just being nice. They're a nice person. They don't want to hurt you by exiting the conversation. You haven't asked about them in a while. Your work is not nearly as interesting as you're theirs. You're wasting their time by explaining They'd rather worth. be talking to any of the other professionals you're in this room You're easily the right least now. valuable connection in this Networking room. Networking with you is pointless. You're not a professional. You're Professional. You've never done anything professional a day in your life.
I waited for the train home with a handful of them and got the chance to talk to them a bit more in a less intimidating venue. It felt a little better, the cloud of self-loathing lifted a bit by the change in scenery. The people I spoke to were kind and interesting, and as far as I could tell, genuinely interested in what I had to say. After we parted ways, I sat on the train and just thought. I thought in circles and back and forth between what a silly mistake it was to go in the first place to maybe I should try to go again and actually workshop something. Maybe they were all wondering why I was even there. Maybe they didn't even think of me at all. What would they think of my work if I shared it? Would it be clear that my work is the product of a hobbyist? Would they think it was the audio equivalent of someone going to Michael's and getting cheap canvases and oil paints and producing a crude rendering of their dog? And then I thought, you know, that actually is how I feel about my work. That's actually a very precise analog for the place podcasting takes in my life. And for a lot of the last few years, that's been a source of pride for me. Somehow, somewhere along the road between starting a podcast with my friends when we were teenagers in 2012 and today, I started treating podcasts like my creative hobby. Some people do go to Michael's and get cheap canvases and oils and they paint. They never sell them, never take a class on how to get better. Maybe they hang them in their home to be enjoyed by only themselves and those they love. Maybe they give them away to family and friends as gifts. Would you ever tell your aunt that her slapdash painting of a flower was sort of gauche and she could really use some better technique if she ever wants to get anywhere with it? I've never had a job doing this. If I had to guess, I'd say the majority of people who listen I know personally. I've kind of stopped wanting to ever do anything quote-unquote professional in audio out of fear that it would change the way I feel about it. I am always preaching how easy it is to make a podcast and how anyone can do it with very little overhead cost, how if you have an idea you just should, I'll help you. Art that is very accessible to make is so important because there are industries that do rely on high equipment costs and hoard technical knowledge and wisdom of the craft behind paywalls to keep out those they perceive as unserious or threatening to some made-up exclusionary sanctity. If you're not willing to pay thousands of dollars for the right gear and kill yourself out of a commitment to a completely imaginary grind culture, you don't get to claim your art as professional with a capital P. At the risk of getting insufferable here, what does professional mean when we're talking about the arts? Is it literally just if money changes hands? Is it a certain level of education? Is it something else? How do you measure the quality of someone's work and deem it professional? I very much understand needing to generate revenue if your project requires staff you need to compensate, like performers or editors with specialized expertise. If I ever manage to make the audio drama I've been picking at for years, I'll want to do as much as I can on my own, but I will need a cast and I will want to pay them, and the money will need to come from somewhere. But podcasts really can be something you do in your bedroom by yourself. And they don't need to be just the simple ones, relegated to talking with your friend about a common interest. You can do journalism or narrative fiction with very little. You can start with voice memos on your phone in a closet, or a microphone that's less than $100. You can have interview guests record themselves on a headphone microphone, that's fine. There's free software, there are YouTube tutorials that tell you how to use all these things. There are simple and cheap ways to host your feed and distribute it to all of the big podcatchers. You don't need a thousand dollars to get started if you have a story you want to tell. I think a lot of people do try podcasting because it's so easy, but not as many stick with it. This could be for any number of reasons. A lot of people try hobbies, do them for a month or a year, and then the interest fizzles out and never returns. Maybe some struggle to find fulfillment if their reasons for making a podcast lie more in wanting to be heard. It can be hard to keep going if you feel like no one is listening when you're building toward the goal of garnering a growing audience. 
We are often sold this belief that if you keep at it, the audience will come. But in such a saturated, proliferated space, it can be extremely difficult to actually find and capture the attention of people who might be interested in what you're doing. And that's something that I've sort of absolved myself of. Not entirely, but in a pretty serious way. For whatever reason, when I want to express something, this is how I know to express it. This is simply the medium that feels the most right to me. Maybe I just like to talk. Maybe I just constantly want to talk about myself and the things I like and I want to be listened to, but it feels wrong or annoying to actually take up time and space from real people right in front of me. At least if I let myself talk and share it in this way, it's a choice to consume it. I didn't trap you in my presence and go on too long about my childhood. It's nice to not feel like there are people depending on me to release something and will actually get in touch with me to let me know if they're disappointed. As much as something would change for me if I worked with audio to maintain my livelihood, I think I'd also feel uncomfortably different if there was the external pressure of a tangible audience. So, yeah, I am a podcast hobbyist. And no matter what sorts of insecurities I have about my worth as an artist or a storyteller, I actually really, really like that. I found it very important in the last few years to keep livelihood and the things that make life worth living separate. When I was looking for jobs, I'd apply for podcast networks and public radio, but whenever I'd imagine what that would actually be like, all I could think about was how absolutely crushing it would be if I got that opportunity and failed. If someone whose opinion mattered made me feel stupid or untalented. If I lost a sense of financial security by being inadequate at the thing I love to do most. I like what I do with audio. It's really fun for me. It's cathartic. It's fulfilling. It's the best outlet I have. And I think it's actually sort of interesting, since I think with so much art and media work, people might start as a hobby but see the natural progression as working towards professional. I would really love to hear from other people who feel like me, who make podcasts and use it as their amateur painting type of expression. I'd really love to hear your thoughts on any of this, honestly. What does professionalism mean when you're talking about the arts? How do we hold on to the value of a hobby without feeling like we need to sell the product for it to mean something? How do we change the perception of hobbies as something frivolous unless we get paid for the time we spend doing it, or spent a lot of money to learn how to do it the quote-unquote right way. If you have thoughts you'd like to share with me, first and foremost, I'd love if you wanted to actually share them in your own voice. If I get enough response, I would love to make a follow-up episode on this. But if you'd just like to share your thoughts directly with me and not the rest of my amorphous, unknowable audience, that's all fine too. If you're sending me an audio file, please send it to me by email at allison at batcamp.org. If you want some guidance on how to record or what to send, please reach out to me and I'm glad to help. Or if you'd just like to chat, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram under Allison Perone. On Twitter, Perone with three R's. This has been week seven of 2023 and Me, a mini podcast where I make an audio piece of around about 10 minutes every week this year. 